We welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. God established the church because he purposed for us to house his presence in the earth. So God wants to build a kingdom in the earth. He wants Christ's kingdom to be in the earth, not of the earth, but in the earth to deal with the earth so that he can preside once again in the earth and be united with man once again. After the fall of man in the garden, man and God was separate, okay? Jesus came to bridge the gap and bring us in his presence once again. Amen? So, he resides in his house in the earth. God wants to uh, use us to house him. Matthew 16 and 18, and I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will what? Build my church, and the gates of hell shall not what? The gates of hell will never stop God's church. Amen? No matter what the devil does, he'll never stop God's church. Buildings may fall. Men may fall. But God's church is going to what? It's going to stand. It's going to stand. We, we, we've seen it before during the dark ages. We saw them leave out of cathedrals and leave out of synagogues and leave out all these man-made buildings and end up going into the streets. What the, Like the old folks say, the highways and the byways and the hedges. And they in the tents and then underground and bunkers and just wherever. They, they, just, they scattered, but they kept the word. And then they started building again. You know, and who knows? We might all be underground. I think we all going to be underground real soon, sooner than we all think. And until then, we're going to keep paying on this building. But that's, it's definitely going to be cheaper to do that. It's going to be cheaper and it's going to be, the services will be quicker. You ain't got no electricity, so you can't have no music. You just come in there and preach and go home. But I just believe one day, I, I, I believe it. I tell all my preacher friends, like, man, you better enjoy that air condition. Amen, because it may get, I just saw an article, somebody just sent me an article in Canada, they now have the license to take children from parents that are Christians. If you teach your child, if you force Christianity on your child, you knew the day was coming. Grandmama told you it was coming. The old folks used to talk about it all the time. Used to call it that great and powerful day. Amen. Right before Jesus comes, we knew that they were going to do everything they can to get Jesus out. And that's what's happening now. It's, it's happening now. I just got that article and I'm, a, I'm probably going to post it this week. But yeah, they, um, man, they can, they can consider that abuse now to force your religious beliefs on your own children. Yeah, it's just a matter of time. As soon as they took it out of the school, you knew what they were going to do next. Right? I remember when we were young, you know, when we were in elementary school, you know, they would make us, uh, we would pray before service. We would have a class prayer. Y'all remember that? At school, we would pray. The, uh, the, uh, the, the principal would come on the loudspeaker and pray. And then all, it was always two little boys with the, with the strange names that were excused from the prayer. Remember that? Oh, we're going to let Akbok, Maksakak, and Shlokbok, Nakakak go outside, and they'll be able to stand in the hallway while we do the prayer. Y'all don't remember that? I remember them two boys. It was always two boys with strange names. 
and they were exempt from the prayer. But we would all pray. The principal would lead the prayer. And so, um, yeah, it's, uh, we're in a different time now. The institutional church is the gathering of believers together in one place, sharing the same what? Mind and goal. So we're an institutional church in here. This is an institution. It's a building. So it's an institution. We're an institutional church. This is what the, what are they, the, the Hebrew Israelites and the this and that's that don't believe in the institutional church because they've been hurt by a pastor that did them wrong or whatever. But man, the gathering, if you in your house, that's an institutional church. Good gracious. If you gathering in a building, it's institutionalized. Amen. It's the same thing. Oh, I believe in the house churches. I don't believe in the institutional. Shut up. It's the same thing. You're going to get too big for the house. Then what you going to do? Start looking for a place that's bigger. Then you go, man, will you get out of here? That's ridiculous. You going to start turning people away? No. Well, then hush. You're going to need a bigger place. If it's interesting. <laughs> if you in there with some bull corn, then you can stay there forever. The institutional church is the gathering of, of believers together. Acts 2 and 4. And all that believe were what? Come on, y'all. All that believe. The Bible says this is the first church forming the first institutionalized gathering after the Holy Ghost had fallen. Right? He said, and all that believe were what? All that believe were what? Together. The believers were what? Together. It was a church. And they had what? All things in common, like-minded. So they were all together and they were all like-minded. That's the institutional church, okay? That's the first type of church. Second type of church, the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is the body of a believer. This is where Christ resides to lead us and guide us through our what? Through our spirit man. Where people went wrong was people thought you were coming to a building to experience a presence. But you're really supposed to have that presence already present. If the presence is in you, then it's present. So we're not getting quiet and waiting for the wind to blow and the lights to flicker and angel dust to fall and wings. Oh, chicken wings. Had a lady open her Bible one time. Yes, she did, Elder. Open her Bible to show me. It looked like the wing of a duck. And she going to tell me that that came off an angel. It came off. I said, did you see the angel? We well, didn't see the angel, but the wing just, just fell down. I said, you. I mean, he must have been a miniature angel. That little wing. Oh, no, it made up the big wing. It's just a whole lot of little layers. So you don't know much about animals, do you? You ain't been watching Wildcrats. They'll tell you, that ain't enough wings. That ain't enough feathers for nothing to fly with. That was something small. She had it fold in her Bible. Oh, look at this wing. And it, it came down. Yeah. I mean, believed it. Believed it. I just, you know, I'm not waiting on that. You know why? Because I don't have to. 
because I can get in the word and get his presence. I want his presence in me. I don't want him in this building. I don't need him here. Wait, what good is it going to do us for him to come in this building and flicker the lights on and off? Ain't going to do nothing but scare everybody. I don't need that. I really don't. I don't need to see God. I don't need to see him. I don't want to. Last person saw him die. I don't need to see his face. Quit singing that. I'm not worthy to be looking in his face. Bible said Moses' countenance kept changing. Moses came down from the mountain different every time he saw Jesus. And he didn't even see him. He saw the backside of God. I don't need to see his face. The way Revelation described him, I sure don't want to see that. I don't want no eyes with flaming fire. I, I don't need any of that. I don't need to see him glorified. I would Now, if he was here on earth back when he was here, I would have, yeah, okay, I'd see that. But this glorified, no. That's too much for me to be trying to behold. And what do I need to see that for? He don't want me to see him. He want me to trust what his word says. Blessed are they that have not seen and what? Yet believe. These folk gathering in churches looking for the, oh. What you ducking and dodging for, man? Good gracious. You don't do that at home. You grab your gun at home. Who is that? Boy, I bust a cop coming in here. Nah, man, in the church, we need, he needs to be in us, residing in us. He ain't never told us to gather and wait on that kind of stuff. That's right. Amen. Now, let, don't get me wrong. I've seen God do stuff like that when he felt like it. But we ain't finna sit here and wait on it. Right. Amen. I was in one church. I, I, actually, I was recording. I was preaching part three. Was it three? Antichrist superstar and all, I mean, I, we was doing that in a full gospel. Day two, and they had 18, 18 doors in the front of that building, and all 18 doors opened, opened out. The doors opened out where you pull them open. And I mean, while we were doing that message, the ushers ran in and told us all 18 doors blew open at the same time. Yeah. And I just kept on preaching. Amen. I mean, I, I can't explain that. That's something God did supernaturally. Let him do what he wants to do. I believe he was pushing the message out. That's what I believe. I believe the message that, that we were recording were bigger than what we thought they were. You know, and because they're still going. So I just sat back and, you know, and I've seen stuff like that. I've seen God do stuff like that, but I don't sit here and ask, I don't ask for it and I ain't waiting for it. I'm just going to try to live what I can read and trust what I can read. Amen. I don't get caught up in that stuff because that stuff will have you crazy. It will. Trying to chase the supernatural, you'll go crazy because you still have to live. Then you'll find out you're a whole lot weaker than you thought you were when real temptation comes. Oh, yeah. People that's all, oh, how you doing? Oh, God. They crazy. They crazy and they weak. They can't handle nothing. But let's stand on something that doesn't waver, which is the word of God. Amen. We're not going to be goofy at ABC.
We're just not. I don't like that. I grew up watching goofiness. Folks trying to decode the supernatural. Man, you're not smart enough to do that. When God feel like doing something, if he feel like playing that organ by himself, then you better just stand around and watch. He's trying to decode. See, but the sound that he's making, that is the... Man, will you get somewhere and be scared? Like the rest of us, that organ is playing by itself. I know I'm not preaching that day. Amen. When something really happens to you, you're going to have to deal with that in the natural. You can pray, but then you got to deal with it in the natural. Things get rocky and you about to lose your job. You can't go to the boss and say, close your eyes right now. What do you see? What do you see? I see you fired. You're fired with my eyes open. And you're fired with my eyes closed. <laughs> you can't take that junk out of here. Folk think you crazy. Had an uncle tell me one time, man, I wrote down a scripture on a piece of paper and rolled it up and put it in my gas tank because I ran out of gas. I said, your car never ran the same again, did it? He towed your car up. Wrote down a scripture. Why didn't you just quote the scripture when you was, didn't have no money? If you had prayed, the Lord would have told you, you can't go. <laughs> you, you won't make it. <laughs> Boy, they get spiritual after they didn't make it. Man, why can't you get spiritual before you start the car? You know, get, just get supernatural insight to look at the gas hand. Just, oh, look, to, just use your third eye. And look, look, and look at, look how close the hand is to E. That's gonna tell you a lot. You don't need your third eye. You can use your first and your second. That's gonna tell you everything. That's gonna tell you all things. You won't make it. <laughs> Try to get spiritual after you ran out of gas. Well, people, the temple of the Holy Ghost is the body of a believer. This is where Christ resides to do what? Lead us and guide us through our spirit man. So there's two churches. There's an institutional church. Then there's your body that is a temple. Amen. First Corinthians 6 and 19. What? Know ye not? Don't you know that the body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are what? So not only does the Holy Ghost come to live within you, he comes to take over. He said your body's not even yours anymore. How are you going to come and live in you and it's still your body? That's not even like God. When he comes in, he's taken over. Now you're his property. Now you can't do what you want to do. You have to do what he wants you to do. Can I preach in here? The Holy Ghost temple of God. Our body is where God's spirit dwells. Though God's spirit battles against our carnal mind, his presence will be as great as we allow it to be. So this is why we don't walk around this church thinking we better than others, because his presence is only as great as we allow it to be. We don't walk around here thinking we're better. We don't walk around here thinking we're in, we have elite status in God. We only have what we allow to him. We only have as much of him as we allow in us. And that's any one of us. And sometimes it varies. 
See, that's, that's okay. That's too natural. That's too natural. Somebody going to leave the church now. Oh, that pastor is too corny. He ain't spiritual. No, he don't understand that when it's down in the belly, out of it will flow the rivers of... You ain't always like that. Hush. Time somebody got to come with a spatula and flip you off the floor. You so down. <laughs> like they just getting eggs without grease. All just scraping you up. You just top out. Because you got so down. <laughs> you got so down. And we, all, we only have as much as we have. Sometimes we have less. And we need more. That's why we're going fast. That's why we take time to pray. We take time to get more God. Because the cares of this life sometimes will wipe you out if you let it. Can I preach in here? Everybody in here ain't walking around. Oh, yes. No, yeah, yes, yes, brother, yes. <laughs> Boy, you a fake and a phony. You ain't like that all the time. Wake up in the morning. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is another day that the Lord has made. Go to bed. Now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord. And yo, whoa, is my soul to keep. Oh, what is wrong with you like that all day? You just crazy. <laughs> Brushing your teeth. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm, mm. Ooh. Can't wait to spit this toothpaste out so I can go in. Mm. Toothbrush, man. Can you brush? And then you come in church, you know, and you try to make other people feel inferior because they're not as spiritually goofy as you are. That don't work at ABC. You don't get that kind of attention here. We look at you like you crazy. How you doing, brother? Okay. Ain't nobody that happy all the time. Amen. We all human in here. Sometimes we have good days. Sometimes we have bad days. We need your prayers. We need to pray for each other. Amen. Walk up to somebody. How you doing? And they just kind of show you. You don't go out there. Ooh, they got an attitude. I mean, you pray for them. So I'm going to pray for them tonight because they must be going through something. Because I went through something before. Don't you go through stuff? Though God's spirit battles against our corner mind, his presence will be as great as we allow it. Romans 8 and 1. There is a, therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who what? Walk not after the flesh, but what? After the spirit. So the condemnation comes when you walk after the flesh. And you will feel condemned if you make a fleshly decision that you shouldn't have. Amen. If you're in Christ, you're going to feel condemned if you make a fleshly decision decision amen amen it don't have to be murder but it could be anything that you indulge in fleshly and it'll bring condemnation on you and you'll feel bad so this is what he's talking about there is no condemnation to them that are in christ jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit when you walk after the spirit and you make a good sound spiritual decision don't you feel good you don't feel condemned do you even when somebody else tries to condemn you, if you know you're right and lining up with the Bible, it don't, you don't feel condemnation. But oh, when you blow it, man, you feel bad. And sometimes you come to church, of course, because that's, that's not the time you stay away from church. You need to come in here and get recharged. Amen. Just shaking hands and hugging folks will make you feel better. Get you back up. Get you back right. 
Amen. Y'all, we're not going to be goofy in here. Amen. I had a group of people. It's about three or four of them left this church because we're not spiritual enough. Yeah, because they want a week. Well, you don't even have a Bible study or a prayer service during the week. And, you know, it's just, I mean, when are the, when are the saints praying? When are the, they pray when they pray. I don't know. When are they fasting? I don't, go ask all 400. I don't know. I'm teaching the word and I'm hoping people are doing it. Oh, come in here looking for some goofiness and you're going to leave because we ain't doing with the lights ain't flashing when I speak. There's plenty of that out there. Up the street, you can find another place. Amen. But we're just going to come in here and learn the word and try to apply it. So there's no condemnation to those who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. His indwelling enables us to live for him. Every day we have a choice to make. Listen, y'all. Every day we have a choice to make. Did you know that? You are not on autopilot. You're not that good. Oh, I'm preaching now. You are not that good to be on autopilot where the Holy Ghost is so strong that you don't have to worry about the devil. It doesn't work that way. Every day, you're going to be faced with a choice to do what is right and what is wrong. Can I preach in here? That's sal- yes, that's salvation. That's salvation. It's you still save and you still got to make a choice why you saved. Every day, you got to make a choice. We can choose our own fleshly desires or the way that is spoken to us through his spirit. So every time you get ready to do something fleshly, the spirit's going to speak. Oh, yes, he is. If he's not speaking, he's not in you. Amen. If the Lord ain't trying to stop you, you ain't saved. Yeah, that's how you know you saved because the Lord going to try to stop you. Every day you're going to hear it. You're going to hear the Lord trying to stop you. But you still have to make a choice. God is not going to choose for you. You have to make the choice. Romans 8 and 13. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall what? He's telling you right there. It's your choice. If you live after the flesh, you're going to die. But if you, if you through the spirit, allow the spirit to change your mind and your deeds, then you can live. No man has God's salvation unless his spirit lives inside of him. Our temple must be filled with God's spirit if we hope to reside with him after death. So if his spirit is not in you, you're not saved. His spirit has to be in you for you to have his salvation. Romans 8 and 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is what? There you go. There it is. So you don't belong to him if the spirit's not in you. You're only going to be as good as the spirit that you allow to mortify you. You don't allow the spirit to mortify your deeds. You're going to do dumb stuff. So you got to allow the spirit to mortify. You got to allow the spirit to fix you, cleanse you, get you right, keep you right. Amen. That's why we don't point fingers at other folk. Ain't nobody got a finger to point. Your finger should be touching the Bible with the other fingers. It should though. That finger, you don't have a free finger. Your hand should be on page. On pages, reading. 
Amen. Before you say, that's all you got to do is practice. Before you say something bad about something, when somebody did something dumb, just make a habit of, you know what, let me, let me get in the word. Let me, let me check my, my, my dumbness. Look at your history. Let me back it up and check out my history. Amen. That was a time when you didn't do as right as you're doing now. Oh, let me preach in here. That was a time when you weren't as good as you think you are right now. <laughs> you notice I said, because you think you're good. If Jesus didn't call himself good, ain't none of us good. Dude try to call Jesus good. Jesus said, oh, no, 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 don't call me good. Ain't none good but the Father. That confused some people. But wasn't he Jesus Christ? Yeah, but because he was in flesh, he said, I, this flesh is no good. It's just no good. Not that I'm doing bad, but the flesh is no good. I ain't preaching no Baptist message, giving everybody a pass to do something dumb. That ain't what this message is for. But you ain't going to come in here and point fingers at folks that have done dumb stuff. That's what I, we, no. Amen. Ain't none of us worthy of that. We pray for people. We pray, especially the older we get, the more mercy we start having on younger folks. Oh, they just young and dumb. That's my word. I say, oh, they just young and dumb. As I say, just young and dumb. They'll outgrow that. They'll get better. And you know, the minute you start thinking you something, oh, there's going to be a knock on the door. And it's going to be some news that's going to take you down a peg or two. Every, just, I mean, just when you thought you was better than somebody, you're about to walk into the bitterness. Before you landed that step, ding dong. God got a way of humbling you. Amen. Get somewhere and hush. You're not better. You're not better. You barely, we all scarcely making it in. The definition of an institution is a society or organization founded for a religious, educational, social, or similar purpose. The gathering of believers should function in like manner. That's all an institution is. A, a, a society or organization that's founded, in our case, for well, for all of these, religious, educational, social, and similar purpose, all of them. This is what the institutional church is. Acts 2 and 4 describes the first institutional Holy Ghost-filled church. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and what? Singleness. They were all on the same page, praising God and having favor with who? All the people. It's not talking about the world. It's talking about all of them. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be what? Saved. So that means that they were saved. Ain't nobody in the church that's not saved. You're not supposed to be in the church if you're not saved. The church is for the saved. Jesus, God is going to add saved people to a real church. Amen. All these churches filling up with unsaved folks, those aren't God's churches. Can I preach in here? It's going to be saved folks in God's church. It's because of the two types of churches. The two types of churches are really one type. That means if he's not in you, then you can't put him in the building. That's why they're looking for the cherubim and the seraphim to fly in and hit the speakers. Because they got all them unsaved folks and there. Ain't no, ain't no God in the church. Nobody brought them with them. Amen. But if he's in everyone that comes, you ain't got to worry about the speakers rattling and the lights flickering. And angel dust and glitter falling on everybody. Why God want to put glitter on everybody and gold teeth in people's mouth? I'd be so upset. I don't know gold. So I guess the most grilled person is the most holy. 
He got a full rack. Dude picked the diamond up off the floor. And man, watch this and filmed himself scratching some glass in the church. See, look at this. God gave us this diamond. It's authentic. It's real. It's scratched glass. I said, boy, God is, God is talented. He cut that diamond marquee. He, he cut a marquee cut diamond and dropped it in your church. I mean, it's shaped perfectly to go back in somebody's ring. Why would he do that? And why is it so small? If God drops a diamond in here, it's going to be cold. It's going to be black, and it's going to have to be, like, treated and everything. I mean, you're going to have to cut it. It's so stupid. A marquee cut wedding band style stone was on your floor. I mean, this dude got on YouTube and watch it cut the glass. He could barely touch it. God gave us, he rained this from heaven. It ain't even a carrot. Bro, that's like... God gave you the worst diamond ever. A little chip. If there's people in there with bigger rings than that, then God just, it should be the biggest ring in the room. Biggest diamond in the room. If God, if God dropped it, he's at least going to outdo the humans. I mean, you would need a wheelbarrow or something to carry it out. If God going to drop it, wouldn't it be like a hole in the ceiling? Where did he drop it from? From the attic? <laughs> this is some stupid stuff. I have questions. <laughs> I do. I have real questions. But they were praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church. Coming together as like-minded believers strengthens us. How many of you are strengthened by coming together as like-minded believers? Come on. How many of you are strengthened? We're strengthened. We're strengthened in here. Y'all, I love this church. This church changes my life weekly. I learn so much. I, I, I mean, I, man, I love being here. But God had to check me. God had to check me because when we come in here, it can be so good until we start thinking we're the best. And God had to check me. It's like, boy, you ain't nothing. We y'all, you, tell your folks ain't none of y'all nothing. <laughs> You don't be making people feel bad because they won't come here. We're not an exclusive organization. It's good to us. Just let it be good to you. Amen. But don't make nobody feel bad because they're not here. Don't you put nobody down because they decide not to be here. You don't know what people are going through. They may end up here, but if you keep messing with them about it, they may never come here. Amen. You lucky. Look at somebody and say, you lucky. Ain't no, ain't blessed. You lucky that you found this address. <laughs> yeah, so just enjoy it while you're here. It's okay to tell people about it, but man, don't be putting pressure on people and making them feel like their church is trash. We all started out in churches like that. You wouldn't be here if you didn't start out in a church like that. Some of you was even worse than that. You started out at home, wasn't going nowhere. That's not better. That's why when you got here, you went crazy. You didn't know how to be around people. <laughs> so don't do that. Don't put pressure on people. Don't make people feel bad. Don't do any of that. And I, I'm, I'm guilty too. And I had to check myself because I started liking it and thinking, man, ain't nothing better than this. Can't be. God was like, you're nothing. Amen. You better be glad you know the little bit that you know. 
Get somewhere and sit down. <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> yes, Lord. Coming together as like-minded believers strengthens us and also strengthens God's presence in the earth. So it's twofold. So he's going to make us stronger, and then he's going to make his presence in the earth stronger. So when we leave from here, we change the earth. Right? So we change in here so we can change the earth. And so that's, that, that's what this is all about. Acts 1 and 8. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now here's what the power is going to do. And ye shall be with. It didn't say you're going to receive power as the Holy Ghost has come upon you so you can float around the church speaking in tongues and catching chicken wings. It didn't say that. It didn't say none of that. that then dust is going to come. And then, oh, when you speak, we're going to see words coming out your mouth. Letters, alphabets going to be. Man, it ain't saying none of that. It said you, you should, you're going to receive power and it's going to empower you to be witnesses unto me both where? Jerusalem, somebody, well, I ain't never been there. So it gives you another option. <laughs> All Judea, I ain't never been there. And in Samaria, oh, I sure ain't been there. Then he just says, you know what? Unto the what? There you go. You fit in that category. <laughs> Uttermost part of the earth. So it's going to empower you to be witnesses to strengthen God's presence in the earth. Yeah. When God's people come together, they should hear sound doctrine from a pastor, fellowship with one another, and form relationships through breaking bread and praying for one another. This is why we come together. That don't mean you got to group up in here and catch hands and pray. You pray for folks at home. You need to start making a list anyway. Take yourself off of it. Quit. You're done. You're done. You're, you're done. You have prayed for yourself. You've said everything. Ain't nothing else left to say. Look <laughs> at you move on to somebody. Move on to somebody else. God is sick of that. Oh, here she go again. I'm talking about herself. Lord, that's how God feel about you. Every time you pray, Lord, give me, give me, and do it, and do this, and give me, and give me, the man. Call somebody else's name. I'll be like, oh, okay, finally. <laughs> you pray for somebody else, somebody will pray for you. Yours don't work. Let somebody else pray for you. Give somebody else a shot. Yeah, and so we come together. We break bread. That means we just eat or visit or spend time together. And then we pray for one another, Acts 2 and 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That's what they were taught. And in the fellowship and in breaking bread and in what? Prayers. Man, there it is. That's the church. That's the church. Summary. Before Jesus gave his life, he uttered some powerful words to Peter. Peter confessed that Jesus was the Christ and the son of the living God. Jesus said, thou art Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Now, in our language, it doesn't look like it looks in the Greek. In the Greek, because if you read in our language, it just says, why would he say, thou art Peter and upon this rock? That would make sense in English. But if you look at the word, thou art Peter, Peter's name means rock. But it is the masculine version of rock, which is Petros. But then he says, upon this rock, different from Petros, he says Petra, 
which means he is referring to himself. Okay? That's why it looks strange in, in the way we read it. And this is why the Catholics thought he meant he was going to build the church up on Peter. So they made Peter the first bishop, the first pope. And then they, you know, started the papacy and all that era because they didn't read it right. He's not saying I'm going to build this on Peter. He's saying I'm going to build it on the fact that Peter stayed. The rock that Jesus referred to was not Peter, but rather what Peter was alluding to in his statement. Thou art the Christ. Jesus Christ is the rock and the church is built upon him, not a mortal man. Mortal men fall. Amen. Peter fell. Peter was very humbled after this conversation. Peter started, when, when Jesus, I think Peter might have got it wrong, what he thought Jesus was saying. Because not soon after, after Jesus declared this, Peter just went to tripping. Started thinking he was better than the others. Jesus said, when are you going to be, betray me? Oh, no, not me. I know it's not me. He said, but before the rooster crows, three times you're going to betray me. Three times. Oh, no, not me. Yeah, he's, he, got, he got, so I guess he thought it was going to be built up. Men are imperfect. God is not building his church on a man. He's going to build it on a solid rock, a stone, the cornerstone, the stone that the builders rejected. That's who he's building his church upon. This declaration secures the foundation of the church and gives it a solid rock to stand on that will not be moved. No matter how many people reject the church and the institution of the fellowship, it will not be moved. It may change shapes and forms, but it will not be moved. It may be underground in bunkers or hidden from its enemies, but God's people will continue to fellowship and do what God has purposed for us to do as believers. Look at somebody and say, we're going to be here. We, until he comes and gets us, we're going to be here. We will gather to hear the word, fellowship, and form lasting relationships that will carry the gospel from generation to generation until Christ comes. Amen? Hebrews 10 and 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he that is faithful, he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to what? Doing the right thing. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Amen. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124 or donate online at exministries.com.